This is the Straight Dope Podcast. I am going to try to consolidate some of the things that have been happening this week into an episode about bags. Not exclusive, not exhaustive, but bags just keep coming up and I want to talk about them. So let's get into it. We use bags for all sorts of things, and largely they have become popularized, as far as I know, because they increase stability, and that makes sense. People shot guns and rifles before they were shooting bags. They also put them on things, used slings, used their elbows, their knees, their buddies, branches, rocks, packs. So using something for support is common, and figuring out that you could put sand in a sock or use something to provide a little bit more rest and stability has become more and more popular. And so depending on the discipline, there's more or less use of shooting bags. And I'm just going to talk about in the practical field shooting, precision shooting, long range shooting, the context of a bag. And because I use game changers, I'm going to be talking about game changers, but uh, this isn't exclusive to that. It's just that that is probably the word that's going to come out of my mouth, knowing that I'm just going to be mouthing off talking about bags. I think that using a shooting bag does a lot of amazing things. So there's really no downside to using them. But it's important to point out that in reality, and I'm not saying anybody's capable of doing this, but in reality, if a rifle is capable of shooting a good group and the ammunition has the right ballistic qualities, there's no reason a shooter couldn't learn and develop the skill set to shoot a bag just as well without a shooting bag. And I, I believe that you might want to argue with me. I'm not saying that somebody could do it because that would take a lot of skill and a lot of practice and adding things to provide more stability, more accuracy, more repeatability has become something that, that all of us do and including me, but the ultimate goal I think in my mind would be the ability to shoot just as well without a bag. And that might never happen, but it's something to strive towards. The ability to take out hard-on-hard -hard contacts is probably the first thing. And when I started uh, delving into the precision rifle world, I noticed that there were some pads and some buffers that, that did a little dampening of hard-on-hard -hard contact. And I think that what, what, what I saw with that was the transfer of energy from hard-to-hard -hard caused a little bit of a jump or a bounce or movement away from that point of contact. Whereas some of the bigger bags like the game changers, you know, not only they provide hard on soft contact points to absorb some of the energy, but, but, but not allow for that uh, equal and opposite transfer of energy to move the rifle much. But, but also what it does is it provides a stable platform and a large surface area for the rifle to fit onto that bag. And so by gaining that stability, you lose wobble and that loss of wobble increases the time it takes to get on target to, to to get a good sight picture and to apply the proper fundamentals of marksmanship and then i think that it also covers up flaws because if we didn't have them we wouldn't need the bag and so the idea that we're getting this thing that's going to help us I think it, it, it's good and I think it's honest to think that, you know, what we're doing with this is covering up some of the flaws that we introduce under stress, under positions, under strain and time constraints. But ultimately, it is dampening out flaws that we're adding to the system, not the other way around. So the, the two common things I want to point out is that 
we often use bags as rests for the rifle. And I'm going to call it a front rest, but, but usually they're around the balance point. They could be anywhere. And if you use it as a front rest, then that often implies that there's some type of rear rest. And I can imagine scenarios where you would just be the rear rest, but, but more or less I'm talking about putting the, balancing the rifle on the bag. And for the most part, the biggest advantage that I see there is that it provides mass and a platform on which the rifle can rest very quickly. Now, depending on the fill and the composition of the bag, you can see stability faster or slower, but I don't think that that directly implies that you're going to have the results of a perfect shot, even though you've gained that massive stability right away. And I say that because, uh, you know, I've screwed around with different fills and different types of bags. And, and one of the things that I was screwing around with uh, early on and, and knew it wasn't going to work, but, but the idea of like a memory foam thing where you can put the memory foam on it and instantly that rifle settles. And when you shoot, you don't get the perfect groups that you would uh, if it was off of sand or something like that. And the energy that's transferred in also continues to cause movement. So that, so you, you get point of impact shifts with something like memory foam, even though you get a, a you know, very, very quick, stable sight picture. Uh, there's, there's um, something misleading about that stable sight picture. And then when you transfer that to like a bead fill stand fill or the, with a glass, stand or get light or something like that you see varying levels of the speed at which you get a perfectly stable shot some of that comes down to the fill in the bag if the if the bag's over full it's harder to get a good stable platform so most people take fill out of their bag so that they're a little bit loose but you can go too far and um compromise some of the some of the other things that you could do with a bag if, if you take out too much fill nevertheless i think that there's a sweet spot and I've been messing around well for, for, for years, but recently the idea of messing around with bags has been circulating and it's been what's been happening at the range and, and, and kind of the center of focus here. So that's the inspiration for this one. And also because we're talking about the fundamentals and we're talking about early on, most shooters have that question of what's the perfect bag and what, you know, what, uh, what should I get? What do I need to do? And people want to say, you know, Pint-sized game changer, medium game changer, or OG regular. I really like the OGs, uh, and I prefer personally the Git Light in the OGs for the things that I do. And most of the tests that I run, there's no disadvantage to the OG uh, with Git Light in it versus other fill. When you start to map out what are the influences caused by the other fills. Now, I, I totally get that when you have glass beads in there, and that bag weighs whatever it weighs a ton, you can get a very stable position built faster than you might with get light for sure. How much faster is dependent on the shooter themselves, but in terms of precision and re repeatability, I personally don't see a huge difference in performance. And I've seen downsides to the beads or, or not the beads, the sand. And so I tend to alternate between OG with the, just the regular plastic beads and the, the get light. I tend to shy away from the sand and, and the glass stuff. However, if I was going to get into PRS, I might reconsider that. And I would have to do some more testing to do that. I would like to shoot some PRS next year. And before I do that, I'll tune up and, and, and figure out, you know, what, what the things are that people are using and how I use them and perform better better than those things. So I'm not ruling it out. I'm just saying that 
with the things that I've tested, I tend to find myself gravitating back to the Gitlight or the OG, depending on what I'm using. Now, when you balance the rifle on an object, that's pretty straightforward. You put the bag down, you put the rifle down, and the size of it makes a difference if you've got magazines that extend down um, and whether the magazine itself gets jammed up if you apply too much pressure forward. But the stability factor it is good as long as the material inside has settled. Otherwise, during that shot, there could be forces applied that cause it to settle off of the 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 recoil line right off of that line that has the proper sight picture and you'll notice that if you shoot off of a bag and you lose your sight picture that's a good indication that the bag wasn't settled properly and that the forces that you were applying to the bag weren't managed properly and even if the shot where you went where you wanted there's still an advantage to being able to stay on target and have that follow through of course that takes practice and skill I'm saying it's not uh kind of universal fix to just use a bag and expect it to go where you're aiming. And so we did a little bit of testing. And today, I found it pretty interesting trying different techniques um, on using the rear bag prone, because prone is stable, but you can still see subtle points of impact shifts depending on the techniques that you're using. And what I mean by that, if, if you haven't listened and followed a lot of the episodes, is that your rifle, let's say it has a perfect zero, and a shooter gets behind it, the forces that they apply to it are going to have very subtle effects on the movement of the rifle. And before the bullet gets out of the barrel, a very small movement can cause a deviation of that bullet's trajectory, right? The barrel ends up pointing somewhere other than your point of aim, and the bullet goes there instead. Now, what I noticed is these techniques, for the most part, had about a two or three tenth variation and some of it was just i'm less familiar with it and i was just screwing around but the shots were all perfectly stable there was no wobble at all and the trigger broke clean and there was a distinct point of aim and some had bigger groups than than others and most of them had the same size group but the point of impact moved but if I applied that same technique again, it repeated the point of impact with the other uh, groups that were shot using that technique, which, which goes to support, first of all, the, you know, the technique that I used the most went center, 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 center. And when I used the other ones, there were subtle shifts. But those subtle shifts um, kind of led to more questions. And they're not conclusive, but, but I want to talk about those a little bit. First of all, uh, I use like a bridge method where I'll bridge and I have uh, a little bit of, of forward pressure because I cantilever myself with the rifle. And then I use the bag for wobble support. I don't support the rifle on the butts, the, the, the bag itself. And if you see me shoot, I pull on the bag, so it's hard to tell. But if you pulled the bag out while I was shooting, the rifle would still be connected to my chest and the groups would still be pretty good. They would have a slight left and right component to that group based on the wobble that I produce, but, but my shooting without a bag prone is pretty close to my shooting with a bag prone. And uh, that's because the torso is c controlling the rifle. And if, if you guys have questions, just, just email me, my, the Chris at riflecraft.com. But I see a lot of people rest the buttstock on 
the bag itself. And so I wanted to try that. And without too much forward pressure, the group was pretty good, although it printed low. And I thought that was interesting. But oftentimes, when that's happening, I see people really loading the bipod. And when I when I applied a, a, a higher than a bridge method forward pressure, even though the sight picture was stable, uh, that group was was much bigger and kind of random. It, it was it was circular, but the but the shots were um, you know I don't I don't know the, the the group was about an inch right inch inch and a half. We we could review the video, but nevertheless. Um, it was very hard to build a position, break a shot, and then rebuild a position and break a shot and actually have that round go in the same place. Whereas those other techniques were much more repeatable using, using those techniques. And, and I think it was coming from the shooter adding error and the more pressure that you're pushing forward past that sweet spot. I think of it like an hourglass shape with a lot of these things where wobble, if you have, if you have too much pressure, it could wobble. And as you back up, that wobble zone decreases. And then depending on the stability of the platform you're on, it could open up with less pressure. So there's kind of a sweet spot in there. Now, if, if, if you're just putting a rifle on a bag and you back off, obviously it's just gonna sit there. But people are applying pressure downward on the rings, usually uh, with their support hand to, to, to do the recoil management. I'm not gonna get into that. But I did think that was interesting that that less pressure from the rear with the buttstock sitting on the bag still produced a good group, but that group had a shifted point of impact different from the one that I uh, used. And then the question is, was that the rifle zero and that I actually add a two tenth up when I'm connected to the rifle? Who knows? But when I do it, it's repeatable always. And so that would be curious to see if I've got a consistent and essentially 100% two tenth shift that would be very hard to um get to the bottom of but uh, but uh, but i probably will now another technique is to to pinch and squeeze the buttstock to the side of the bag somehow or to pinch it from underneath and when i when i when i when i put my thumb on the buttstock and pulled up the bag and then pinched the bag into the buttstock with my fingers from the right that group shifted to the right even though it was aimed dead center and uh, it looked and felt as though it was going to be just like, you know, any other shot that I take, but it was two tenths right. And when I repeated that several more times, it was two tenths right, two tenths right. And that group was very consistent. So I thought that was interesting. These are pretty small groups. There's going to be a video put up on Sniper's Hide of the paper analysis of this, just, just a, a preliminary kind of, you know, this is what's happening. I was shooting a 308. So you know, I wanted to make sure that there was some recoil that, that had, to, had to be managed um, and, and just, you know, screw around in general with, with, with the rifle that, that, um, that I had with these different bags. Then I used the OG uh, regular fill and the Get Light bag and, and uh, screwed around. But I, but I think the interesting point here is that, you know, a tenth or two shift that's consistent and repeatable in any direction when you build a position and break it downrange, you could read that or interpret that as an environmental issue. If it was consistently two tenths right, and I got out somewhere for a day and shot, 
I might attribute that to a two-tenth increased shift to the right and have the wrong wind speed in my mind rather than that came from the bag. If there was a two-tenth elevation change, I might think the range is wrong, my rifle sped up or slowed down. I might think, but, but, but tracing that back to how you're handling and connecting to the rifle and manipulating the bag isn't a conversation that I hear a lot. And so I thought it would be fun to put out there and say, it's probably worth a few rounds and a little bit of time going to a range and shooting paper and seeing when you build a position, I'm not talking about like build a solid position and then shoot a group and then build a solid position and shoot a group saying, build a position, shoot, break it, right? Build it, build a position, shoot, break it. And with prone, it's pretty easy. You just shoot, take the bag out, you know, disconnect, reconnect. You don't have to stand up, but play around with those positions and play around with the bag in a way where you're testing that technique because I think that when it comes down to this practical field precision shooting, we're always building positions, right? And so if you're basing your rifle's capability on a group that was a single built position and the best possible group, but you don't understand the influences of the position building and the bag use itself, every time you build a position, you might have more randomness in where it goes than, than you assume before you do that test. And like all things Riflecraft, you know, I'm not saying I'm the best shooter at any of these styles, but I'm curious at the effects that the human has on the rifle system because our rifle systems are generally pretty good. And when people say, well, this only shoots an inch, did you rule out the bag use? Did you rule out the technique? Did you rule out your capability? Did you rule out all these other variables? The bag plays a role. And my, my simple test, you know, I shot about 30 rounds on paper, revealed that, that the ammunition that I was using was capable of printing you know, a third of an inch group, a quarter of an inch to a third of an inch group, consistently from some positions but when other techniques were applied sometimes it was an inch inch and a quarter sometimes it was but i don't want that to sound like oh well you just got lucky on those groups because we repeated it at distance and up close those positions produced tight consistent accurate shots that were repeatable time and time again and the other ones there was much more randomness to the size of the group based on how I was using that bag. Now, I wasn't, I was trying to shoot my best. Um, and those techniques I don't practice with a lot, but I think that goes to say that you can probably practice any of those techniques and get good, but you want to know that every time you build a position, your point of aim is where you're aiming it. Not, man, this one time it was good, but this one time it was bad. Or, 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 or if somebody goes somewhere and they say, man, I think my zero's off, I was two tenths to the right. Well, shoot, two-tenths to the right is pretty easy to do in a lot of ways. And a lot of those things have nothing to do with your scope or your data or your zero at all. It could be you introducing that error because you're stressed, you're out of breath, you're, 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 something was happening. And so understanding your fundamental influence on the system, I think is a good thing to know because then you can work on it, right? And if the goal is, or at least, you know, maybe it's just my goal, 
but to understand the rifle system well enough such that eventually you do without any stuff, then you want to understand the effects that you have on the rifle system with the gear that you're using. And then if you think you're doing it great, then try to minimize that bag somehow, make it smaller, make it some way that introduces a little bit more variables or a little bit more error until you can master that and then take a little more away until you can master that, eventually lending itself to just standing up offhand, shooting a quarter-inch group, um, which would be pretty sick. But, uh, you know, I'd be lucky to hit side of a building doing that. So, uh, but, but anyway, the takeaway here, because I'm losing my train of thought, is do some tests, shoot some paper, ask some questions, see, hey, I got this down, no problem. I don't have this down. This technique works. This technique doesn't work. Because you might find yourself saying, man, the way I do it doesn't, I can't get into this position or, or something about the scenario. I got to do something different. It's good to have a bank of knowledge saying, but when I do this, it's not the same point of impact. Or I do this and it's consistent, but when I do this, it's not consistent. You'll at least have options to pull out and say, okay, if I'm going to shoot it this way, this is how I have to do it in order for it to be a good shot. Otherwise, most of the targets that we shoot at are too small uh, to absorb those types of errors too much. And, and I did see that today too. One of those techniques that was uh, the, the, right, the right-sided pressure pinch, uh, I missed because that combined with wind sent it off plate, whereas there was a buffer zone for the other ones that it still landed on the plate. Now I could have said, wow, the wind really picked up, but it didn't. Uh, there was virtually no wind, right? About you know, four, four or five miles an hour um, with a 308, you're not, you're not getting you know, huge amounts of wind at five, 600 yards. We're talking about half a mil, six tenths of, uh, you know, of, a, of a wind hold on a plate that's, that's six tenths wide. And, and it's shooting groups that are, you know, a 10th. So there was several miles an hour of budget and, um, and it was, it was a big enough deflection that, uh, you know, went out, went off plate. So, uh, but I wasn't going to say like, oh man, the wind just sped up to 12 miles an hour. I knew, wow, that technique, um, let's try the other one, bam, right back to zero. And I thought that was that was pretty interesting because the way it felt and the way it shot and the aim and, and, and everything else led me to believe that it was a good shot. So now I'm rambling, but uh, before you go, I do want you to take a second and appreciate the fact that uh, Mile High Shooting and Utah Air Guns are sponsors of this podcast. They allow it to happen and subscribers to Riflecraft. And if you want to support the podcast and... Uh, you know, keep these episodes rolling out the way that they do, asking questions and trying to promote the idea that, that we're learning a craft, we're learning an art form that is lifelong. We've got to keep asking questions and keep questioning our answers in a way that we keep getting better and not, not necessarily, you know, just, just doing what, what we read on a, on a thread somewhere. So uh, hit up Mile High. Thank them. Hit up Utah Air Guns. Thank them. And if you want to thank 
the podcast directly, go to riflecraft.com and become a subscriber. And you'll get discount codes to Mile High and Utah Air Guns and stuff like that. The website's been changing a lot, and the new uh, remote cohort coaching kicked off this week. So that's really exciting, and I think some big things are going to happen. And hopefully this next shooting season, we'll start to see some of those people uh, talking about it and and uh, raising their performance game. Because there's been a couple developments that I'm going to try and test through them. And one of those right, is the data collection, dope familiarization process. And then the other one we're calling uh, Riflecraft Quick Wind. I think, I think Quick Wind is really going to change a lot of the performance levels for competitive shooters because it allows just a very fast, quick, and, and I think relatively easy to learn and quick to become um, familiar with such that you can make snap decisions and you know keep your wind calls kind of within a tenth and and to me that seems like a game changer but it has to be tested in an arena of competition and so far i'm the only one that's tested it in an arena of competition actually that's not true ryan steinforth um tested it at hunter matches this year and and, and i think he competed in six and got first place in six um but um nevertheless i want i want you know dozens and dozens maybe hundreds of shooters saying wow this shit really works so that you could just get that on with so you could raise your skill level somewhere else uh so we're gonna see how these coaching guys uh do and if you're interested in learning more about that there's nothing public on the website posted about that but feel free to email chris our way at g at um well that's my personal email chris our way at gmail.com because I'm not going to edit this out, but also Chris at riflecraft.com. And uh, the, the, the coaching platform ends up being uh, teamriflecraft.com. But, but uh, anyway, now I'm just rambling. So uh, go to the range, do some testing, shoot some paper at 100, and raise your level. Till next time.